Welcome back to the Generous Life Podcast. My name is Eddie Copeland, and I will be your host for this conversation. Uh, you're in for a treat if you're listening to this. We have our good friend Alan Platt from Doxideo and the City Changers Movement joining us as we talk about the history of Church United. Alan, as as you travel the globe, as you work with other cities, talk to us a little bit about why these things are important as we think about Church United. Sure. Uh, and to say that I have the privilege of engaging various uh, conversations globally around unity and unity movements, and uh, obviously very humbly proud of what is happening in Church United. Uh, I believe it's a reference point for many others to also look at. But here's the thing that we realize. Um, it's the posture the church takes towards its community. And in the, the past, over the, the ages, we've seen different positions that the church could take. Uh, the first one is kind of a, a, a protesting church. This is when the church shows up when it's against something. Now, there is a time, we believe, to be a prophetic voice. But here's the problem. If we only show up when we're against something, the world only knows us for what we're against and never knows us for what we are for. And so we recognize that that becomes problematic. Well, there's the other posture that the church has taken, and this is a large portion of the church, has become the absent church. This is where we isolate ourselves from a conversation about the context that we're in, the Babylon that we're in. And so we're this this enclave, this little group that keeps to ourselves and we're just, you know, getting more spiritual and waiting for Jesus to come. The problem with that is if the church is absent, we become irrelevant. Society marches on. And, and then we have just, you know, ungodly people that are influencing and creating the reality of our context. The third posture that we see the church has taken over the years is what we can call the cultural church. This is where the church is now. We've got to be part of. But as it enters, it does not represent kingdom life and the grace and the goodness of God. And it enters that space and actually assimilates the very culture of the society. And it becomes just like uh, so that there's no salt. There's no light. There's there's no uh, recognition of how to represent kingdom well. And this is really what we're talking about. We're hoping to equip the individual and the local church and the ecosystem in terms of how do we engage our community. And for that, we take the, the, uh, the leaf from Jesus's life that says he came and came and dwelt in our neighborhood. This is the beautiful way John 1 is represented in the message translation. But Jesus became flesh and blood. He came, became part of us. He didn't set up a, a framework from a distance, you know, kind of shouting at us how we should navigate this. He became part of humanity and walked towards our brokenness and walked towards that which, which he wanted to address. But it was in that position that the Bible says, we saw his glory. It was full of grace and truth. And may I just say a last thing? I think the order of that might be very telling. Jesus always led with grace 
and then found opportunity to infuse truth. So many times we want to lead with truth, and then if you accept it, I'll show you grace. I, I think there is a particular order of how we navigate and engage our world. Oh, it's so good, Alan. That's so true. And as we look at our our world today, and as we look at the need for the church to be that first responder to all the various issues that our community is facing, whether it's the lostness, whether it's the brokenness, whether it's pain, these three areas are screaming for faith, hope, and love to be manifested, to be brought. I mean, I was just reading a study today uh, that Barna just released. Over 70% of our unbelieving friends, neighbors, and coworkers are interested and open to discussing the relevancy of Jesus's teachings on their life. 70%. That's an incredible, I would even call it unprecedented evangelistic moment and opportunity in front of us. Yet that same study found that an national survey, only 9%, only 9% of the unbelievers that were surveyed had a positive view of a Christian that they knew. And the dissonance and the disconnect there, because we're so quick to want to bring truth that we lose this. I need to enter into love and to use what Jesus just uh, in his, his model of what you just said is, is something that I think that we, that we could all learn. But as we look at the great evangelistic opportunity that really is in front of the church, right? And not just evangelism to get someone to pray the prayer, to come forward and cross the line of faith, but but to really demonstrate what a changed and transformed life and, and a discipled and equipped and a mobilized Christian looks like. Um, we, we really look at the future and, and, and we say, guys, like the purpose of Church United really is that unity for mission component. This is not unity for unity's sake. This isn't just so we can do soul care for pastors and create these healthy leaders and healthy churches, but it really is that flourishing city. And as I look towards the future of Church United and really what we're busy pioneering for the next 20, 30 years here at NCF, it's it's looking at, yes, we, we will always be focused on the gospel. We'll always be focused, like our bullseye will always be evangelism, unity for mission. You know, Jesus in, in John 17, just 20 four hours before his death, what he's praying for our unity so that the watching world will know and believe in the claims of Christianity. So there's an evangelistic purpose to our unity. But then it's as people are saved, as they're coming to, from moving from death into new life, they're discovering their calling, their influence, their gifting, and they're bringing the kingdom to bear into all the areas that their influence extends. So as I, as I look to the the, the, the future, yes, we're always going to be about mission and evangelism, but then we're going to always be about equipping, empowering, and deploying the people of God to bring faith, to bring hope, to bring love to everywhere their influence extends. And that cannot be done in a vacuum. That requires the Baptists, the Presbyterians, the non-denominational guys, everybody coming together around a shared vision of this is what God is calling us to do in a city. And Alan, uh, as you look globally, uh, where where do you see pockets of this happening? Like what what stories give you hope as we think future of city movements, future of things like Church United? What are your reference points? Well, you know, I am really encouraged because this is a global conversation. And we are seeing a gravitation of leaders, in particular church leaders, coming together in in just about every major city 
and even towns and villages across the world. Um, it's also true that, you know, uh, where the need is greater, where the pressure in society manifests itself, that is a great catalyst <laughs> many times for leaders to respond. And, you know, when the comfort level is high, the conviction level seems to fade. And I've just seen, you know, the other frame work uh, well in the interest of kingdom engagement. That when there's pressure, when there's uncertainty, when there's confusion, and the world has entered into a phase of greater uh, uncertainty, you know, they speak about the VUCA world in the uh, army environment, the volatility, uncertainty, uh, complexity and ambiguity uh, are the, the elements that are framing uh, the world today. And that's perfect environment for the flourishing of the kingdom. Uh, we've seen that over and over and over all over the world. So, yeah, I can cite many, many places where that is busy happening. Obviously, being a South African, we've seen amazing things happen in the South African context in the different cities because uh, there's also enough pressure and challenge and uh, the need for the church uh, to come together. Uh, but uh, really all over the world, in Asia, in, in Australia, in, in the USA, I mean, there are beautiful expressions here, even in my own now city, Charlotte, we're seeing something of that starting to happen uh, in an amazing way. So, it's it's a beautiful conversation. Yeah, I I do I, I I ask you that too, just just so our our listeners can get the understanding of God is busy, kind of shaking, reorienting, and shifting to the church. To use your own words, Alan, uh, from an ecosystem to an ecosystem. I think we're we're coming out of an era where you could plant your flag and plant your church, and you can be about your thing, and people are going to come and they're going to show up. Just to, you know, if you have a better show and donuts, they're going to show up. But but now, it, because of the world that is shifting, and, and and what you just said, the church is looking at 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 its neighbors, at its society, at at its surrounding, and it's asking a much bigger question that necessitates unity, necessitates a kind of a, a healthy whole leader ministering out of a place of communing with the Lord, so that the kingdom can be established and flourish in the midst of all of the chaos and anxiety that is beginning to plague our world. So uh, I'm actually really, really excited about the future of the church. I'm excited about the future of unity movements. I think that these, these movements are only starting to spur up more and accelerating as we realize maybe it was meant to be like this in the first place. Maybe as we talk about being in exile in the midst of a Babylonian context, that we were designed to need one another, to depend on one another, uh, to repent often to to one another, the idea that I'm going to offend you, you're going to offend me, and we need to pursue forgiveness and reconciliation, not once, not twice, but 70 times, seven, hundreds of thousands of times in order to see that flourishing of the city here, mm -hmm. uh, not only in South Florida, but across the globe. And, and 
now. And I just want to say thank you for what you've infused into this ecosystem here. Uh, you with along with voices like um, Stefan and Doug and Todd Mullins and, and, you know, but, but, but also a lot of other pastors and ministry leaders that no one's ever heard of that have been busy praying and flourishing and pursuing, uh, the kingdom here for years that have been a part of this story. Um, we stand on those shoulders and, but we also just say, uh, we're, we're excited about the future. Yeah. And I think it's worth saying, uh, Eddie, that there's much happening within the context of the ecosystem in Florida. Not only is it church United, but there's also a, uh, expression from this framework schools United. And right now, 80 or uh, 40, 48, uh, key principles, in the context of Florida, are coming together for a nine-month journey of a coaching cohort to understand how to lead uh, their own environments in such a way that God will be glorified and the kingdom yeah. will be manifest. Uh, amazing things are really happening, and uh, I think there's so much to be to to rejoice about. Yeah, I'm excited. I think our work is just getting started. Uh, I have said we've taken seven years to prove the no agenda agenda to to really. I mean, I just had a leader yesterday saying, you know, uh, I trust you now because you're still here and your story hasn't changed in seven years. And uh, as I look to the next seven and and obviously the next ten, twenty, and and beyond, uh, the story that God is writing in this community is is beautiful and it's and it's a tale of brokenness, but it's also a tale of tremendous beauty. Uh, and that's what you get to be a part of here at the Generous Life Podcast and, and your environment uh, here at NCF of Invest, Equip, and Unite. It's always going to be asking the question is, what does it look like to pursue the kingdom of God together in, in whatever God has granted me or gifted me with, whether those means or resources or vocation or a church or a ministry? How can we offer up those things so that we can see the kingdom of God established here in South Florida? My name is Eddie Copeland. It's been a pleasure to have this conversation here with you uh, today as we talked with Alan Platt, uh, the original architect visionary uh, that we brought into our ecosystem here uh, in South Florida, all the way from South Africa uh, to help us. And uh, now uh, we say thank you and honor you, Alan, for all the time that you have given us here today. Thank you, Eddie. It's been a delight to be part of the conversation. Thanks for tuning in to the Generous Life Podcast. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. If you're curious about uh, how do I get involved, how do I learn more, how do I catch future episodes or past episodes, uh, like and subscribe to this podcast, but also visit our website, ncfgiving.com forward slash South Florida, where you can learn more and uh, take a next step to help you discover your role in the story that God is writing here in South Florida.